Thanks for listening to the Woodward Podcast Network. Check out more shows by searching for us on Spreaker or wherever you catch your podcasts. The Woodward Podcast Network with Krupka Dental Associates. Hello, this is Dr. John Krupka from Krupka Dental. We now have the Soleil Laser. You can have your fillings done without needles nor drills. We are a full-service dental office and always accepting new patients. To learn more about me and my friendly team, visit KrupkaDental.com. Attention, please. And now, it's Cutter's Rockcast. Yeah, what's up, man? How's it going? Uh, good. How are you? Good, dude. Yeah, yeah. Just, uh, just a day off from being a dad, so... (laughs) (laughs) So just... (laughs) Just relaxing, enjoying a little, a little peace and quiet, I suppose. There you go. Yeah, I hear that. How old's, uh, how old's your kid? Uh, she just turned two, so. Ooh, yeah. all right, yeah, early days. <laughs> yeah, we are, we are in the thick of it, definitely. You, you said you have some kids as well. Yeah, I have a. Uh, my daughter's about to turn fourteen, so I've already been through. Holy that. shit, Jesus! <laughs> and my son's eleven, but. So I. Do you have any advice for me? <laughs> uh, enjoy it because soon they talk back. I feel like it's already happening. It's just, <laughs> it's just, uh, it's just gibberish. But it's right, man. The, the the attitude is really funny to see sometimes. I'm like, what's your deal? Yeah, but, yeah. It's um, like, whoa, where did that come from? Okay. Yeah, she used to just be like, really, "What are you doing?" <laughs> yeah. I think I think I'm just eating my words because I, I used to just rave about how she was just the easiest baby, and she she really was up until like maybe like three months before she turned two, and then like a switch flipped. I was like, "Holy shit, you are like a different kid now." Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll just yeah. wait, you know, because uh, when they get older and they start doing activities and stuff, I joke around all the time, man. I'm just I'm I'm a driver. That's it. That's all I do. I just drive them around. Like, I feel like I need to be Jason Statham with a suit and something in the trunk, you know, just like <laughs> just driving them around. That's it. Um, but it's, it's, uh, it's cool though, man. You know, my daughter sings and she's super into music and, uh, we get, to sit down. we get to sit down here and I break out the acoustic guitar and she'll sing, she'll sing a little bit and it's fun. That part's fun. Crazy, so. crazy, man. Uh, well, hey, man, listen, you know, I, I just tweeted this out a little bit ago because I was thinking, you know, going back in my records, I'm like, I had to have had Dayseeker on this show once before, at the very least. My old co-host introduced me to you guys, I don't know, five, six years ago. Um, obsessed. Absolutely loves the band Dayseeker. And I know she's interviewed you before, but uh, I never actually had you on this show. So welcome to the Cutting Edge Countdown and Cutters Rockcast, man. I appreciate the time. Yeah, thanks for having me, man. I appreciate it. Of course. I want to I want to dig back in your history a little bit. And I want to go back to the very beginning uh cuz it's been about a decade, right, since you guys initially kind of launched the band um just over yeah. that. Um your sound, Dayseeker's sound has always been a little bit different from everybody else in the scene, it feels like. There's a, there's a lot more pop kind of references involved in the songwriting and things like that, but what was your initial vision? of this band and, and, you know, has it kind of gone the direction you've seen or, you know, followed the journey, so to speak? Yeah. I mean, I think in the beginning we were really just trying to be like, I don't want to say like a dime a dozen band, but I really think we were just kind of grasping on the bands like architects or just, just bands that were like primarily like a split half screaming, half singing kind of vibe. Mm -hmm. And um, I think that's just what we, 
that's just what we liked when we were in our early 20s, you know, when we started this band. And then I think as we got older, definitely, I realized on, on my end and a lot of the other guys' end that, like, you know, like, I, yeah, probably by, like, our third record, I was we were still kind of trying to write the same music, but we, like, weren't listening to it in our own free time. And I think we hit a weird point where our third record was probably our most, like, metal heavy record we've ever done and then it was it, the irony was so funny because i i was just like i don't i don't listen to this like why why are we writing this music and then um i mean i think by the time we got to our fourth record um sleep talk we just we kind of realized that like we had like small popularity but at the rate that we were growing as a band like we would be like in our 70s by the time people would like really start liking us if we continued <laughs> down that path. So we, um, we decided to kind of take a risk and, and really move and kind of lean more into like pop structured writing, like, like really more like simplified melodies. And it's a lot of reusing of parts and just tweaking them as you reuse them. And, um, and then it ended up just paying off like tenfold. So um, it, it feels, it kind of feels like we probably should have done that a really long time ago, but I think we always envisioned that we hoped we would get a little more, a little more accessible, um, as we got older. I, I can't say that I really saw us like leaning into this, um, like eighties kind of vibe, um, on our last two records, but I think it was just kind of like, it was just kind of something that was happening with the times. And I, I think that we realized that we just didn't see a lot of other bands like really, at least in like our genre, trying to integrate like more like vintage eighties, like synthesizers into like a more modern or hard rock kind of band. So um, I, I'm really happy with how everything's been coming along. And it is, it is a trip though. Cause I, I mean, you, you never really know like what, what your band is going to turn out sounding like as the years go on, but it's, it's been great the, the last couple of years. I, I really can't complain. Well, I think you, you mentioned sleep talk and it does sort of feel like, right. If you listen to the, uh, day seeker discography, that is the record where it feels like everything sort of comes together and dark sun is a continuation of that. And you mentioned the, the, um, the synthesis, the eighties sound, which is interesting because, you know, there's been a lot of that lately, but everybody keeps you know, hanging on the hat of Stranger Things. Oh, it's Stranger, you know, the music from Stranger Things and people using uh, these sounds and, yeah. and these songs coming back from the '80s and, and all this stuff. But you know, uh, some of the pop, some of the pop has gone that route too of using those '80s. You know, The Weekend is a great example. Totally. Yeah. Um, and you guys are doing it uh, in, a, in a rock sense with a guitar solo and and some downtuned riffs. It's it's an interesting sound, man. Yeah, I'm really, um, I'm, I'm grateful for it, man. I, I think um, that's funny. Yeah, definitely The weekend is somebody where I'm like, that's cool. Like he really, you know, he really leaned into that in a way where he primarily, he put out an album. Yeah, he just mostly uses like 80 synthesizers. And uh, I think, yeah, there was this, there was this band called The Midnight um, that had gotten more popular over recent years. And mm. they, they really are, their whole thing is, is like, they're, they're like, if an eighties project was done, um, like really well in this era. And I think they were like some of the first music that I heard where I heard like 80 synthesizers and like really good 
like recording quality and production. I was like, this is really cool actually. And then we, I just think we wanted to try like different stuff with sleep talk. And we were lucky that our, our producer is, um, he's just great. Like we, we can, I can write something on piano and then we'll, I mean, sometimes you'll spend an hour just scrolling through different like synthesizer noises until you find one where you're like, I think that's cool. And then you have to layer it with like two other sounds to get like the, the right kind of, uh, the right kind of voicing for it. But mm-hmm. we're lucky we have that guy. Cause I, I don't think our albums would have turned out the same if we didn't have him. But, uh, yeah, man, I, I like the eighties five. I, I don't know if I want to do it so much to where it, it becomes like, a like a gimmick or just something that's expected. But um, I do think it suited like our, our last couple of records that we've done. Well, I don't know. I don't know if you would even like, if I listened to dark sun as an example, since that's the last album that came out in November, I don't feel it as a gimmick. I just hear the influence, you know, that's great. <laughs> that's exactly what we want. Yeah. Well, there you go. Um, yeah. Including, of course, even the music videos, because like the latest one uh, for "Crying While You're Dancing," which sounds kind of like an '80s song name, doesn't it? Or like, you know, an emo. It's like an emo name if it was in the '80s, almost. Um, but you got mm. even in the video, it's like a it's like a high school dance kind of vibe going on. <laughs> but you know, again, yeah. it's a guitar solo, and that's what that's what I love about it. Is you can take all this yeah. stuff and you can still be rock and roll. Yeah, we definitely, um, that was an interesting one because that, that was the only song on the album that like most of the songs start with, oh, I have this piano part or this guitar part or like I have this vocal thing in my head and like I I think I was just out and about and it's some, I just wrote it down in my notes app like crying while you're dancing because I thought it would be an interesting maybe even just lyric, um, maybe song title and then we wrote like an entire we wrote like the entire song around the hook for the chorus. And it's, it's just weird how that song kind of came about, but we definitely had a lot of like, we particularly had a lot of heavily, I'm sorry, a lot of heavy uh, influence on like what that video was going to be about and the vibe. And it was kind of a difference and like, Oh, we're going to, we're going to put like suits on and wear makeup and stuff. And I was, I was kind of worried people might be like, what the hell is going on here? You know, but um, it, no, it worked really well. I think it fit like the, I think it fit like the branding and the image overall, like like in a really nice way. So, um, yeah, definitely, we're definitely going for big '80s vibes with that song in particular. The beauty of music now, though, Rory, and I don't know where your head's at, but I, I feel like the beauty of music now, whether it's hard rock or whether it's pop, whatever, is you can kind of get away with doing whatever, and it's not going to be. Like it used to be, if you know, if Slayer didn't put out a thrash record and put out a ballad, it was good. Their heads were going to come off. Um, Where now it feels like you can kind of do that, and people enjoy it, embrace it, even. I I completely agree. Actually, I said this on a different podcast that like, dude, when I was in high school, um, and like like Seosin was a big thing. Yeah, um, like. Circus Revival. It's, it's just funny because I had a core group of friends where, like, it's just there were a handful of them that were really like elitist and metalheads, and they were really into like as they lay dying, um, like all that remains, like stuff where like 
if it had singing, it was really minimal. And most of the albums, they were just riffs with with guys yelling. And then if I, and I really, I, I enjoyed that stuff, but I really was into like, in my teenage years, I got into like, uh, like Yellow Card, um, like, yeah, like, uh, like Seosin, Circus Survive. And it's funny, I remember like, I mean, stuff you couldn't get away with saying now. Um, like, uh, this, I got called like a lot of uh, derogatory, homophobic slurs for listening to this uh, music uh-huh. when I was younger. And it, yeah, and it was like, and I was like, I just, sorry, I like music with singing. And then the funny thing is, is that by the time all those guys turned 18 and we were in our last year of high school, they were all listening to all the same music, like Circus Survive and Seosin. And so they, they just needed time to kind of grow up. But I, it is one thing that I'm proud of, like in our, in our like music scene, I do feel like, I think people just got kind of tired of hearing the same metal band and rock band over and over again. And so I think like, I'm not, we're not trailblazers or anything, but I think like us having like a dash of 80 synth in there and like leaning into pop writing, I mean, you have bands like Bad Omens where, you know, they're doing metal, but they're doing it in a really interesting way. I feel like people are kind of like starved for just something new and interesting. So I'm, I'm really grateful that like people seem really, yeah, they seem really, really open to like bands trying to like redefine their sound uh, Mm -hmm. as long as they do it well and it sounds authentic. Well, it's always key. It's got to be done good. Yeah. Because if it sucks, it still sucks. Uh, but I'm glad you brought up just, I'm glad you just brought up Bad Omens. They just had a number one rock song. This is, this is the crazy thing to me, right? Okay, so without me doing well, right? It hits, hits top 20 for Day Seeker. Congratulations, by the way. And I'll ask Thanks, you a little bit more about that song in a minute. But um, Bad Omens just have a number one rock song. It's, it, it, doing rock radio for as long as I've done rock, since I was a teenager, um, there was a lull of music where it did all sound exactly the same whether it made the radio or whether it didn't it all sounded exact kind of exactly the same it was like a cookie cutter sort of aspect now some great bands came out of that don't get me wrong but um when metalcore and and i don't know when metalcore went a little bit more pop almost is when you started to see that shift and that's been a fun journey to watch uh, bands, you know, your peers be able to continue to just rise and rise and rise. And I think you guys are right on that next level as well. It's cool. It's, it's really cool to see. Yeah. I'm really, I'm really grateful, man. We definitely have been trying to kind of tap <clears throat> like into the active rock world for, for ages and ages. And I, I gotta be honest, I did not think without me, um, was going to be the song to do that. Like I'm, I'm still very, yeah, I'm very surprised that that is doing um, what it's doing. I think I think it's a, a great song, and it, it is it is one of my favorites off the record. But like, it was not a song. <laughs> I feel like when you're trying to get active rock, you just need like a. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job; it's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. 
you know, just like, oh, it's like a beat, it's heavy, it's rock. And I'm like, dude, the band doesn't even hit until like a minute and a half into that song. So I'm, I'm really, <clears throat> I'm surprised that, that that's the one that's doing really well. But I'm, but I think it's awesome though, too. It's, it's the same thing for Bad Omens where like they, I, is, is it a, is it just pretend? Is that their number one? Cause that's like, again, that's funny. Cause that's like, that is not the typical formulaic, like, rock charting song i mean it's a great song but i'm it just it makes me happy like um i mean because yeah you see all the other i've seen all the other bands on the chart with like you know like godsmack and and just just where i'm sure a lot of these songs are probably more typical like you know just exactly what people want to hear and so I, i think it's really cool again i think maybe people are just like thank god this isn't like the same formulaic like rock song getting thrown at me over and over again so, so maybe maybe that's why it's charting so well for for us and for them well again you see the difference and and, and this is the cool thing about bad omens hitting number one when it hits number one uh this week because it was we kicked off the year right it's metallica it's five finger death punch for a week it's disturbed for a week it's star set and breaking benjamin for a week which was cool in of itself uh Bad Omens for a week, and then Linkin Park by the time we get here next week will be the number one song for the next six months probably. But um, to to be able to to sneak that in there, uh, it's cool. And and there have been a lot of really interesting bands being able to sneak in. There. Ronnie Radke's a fucking rock star. Like I didn't see that one coming, or he became the biggest rock star in the world. You know what I mean? Like he was just kind of yeah. the goofy dude that he was, and that's that. That to me says it all when rock music needs these kind of figures and heads to come out and, and something a little bit different. And then that guy becomes the guy to do that. That tells me, you know, Ghost is another good example. Like, rock is opened up again. And I think it's become, it's becoming really big again. And that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. No, he's. You, you know, you really can't take away anything from Ronnie Radke about his talents and that his it's every time they put out a music video, I watch it. And yeah. Even if I'm not like, oh, I'm going to listen to this like 24 seven. I'm always like he's trying something really cool, really different. The video is usually done like super well. It's it's definitely like they definitely have their brand kind of locked down. I, I spent, yeah, but just they, I spent they liquid the out of my nose watching the last one when <laughs> laptops rained down upon Sebastian Bach. Um, I laughed so hard. <laughs> but, yeah, it's but, no, it's great, and it, I mean, it's crazy too because I mean, I think sometimes it's like hard to get a gauge on how popular a band is until you see them, like until you see a tour lineup and you see like who's opening for who. Because I. Yeah. I, I thought Ice Nine Kills was like I mean they are they are a massive band but it's crazy yeah it's crazy they're like supporting Falling in Reverse and then same thing like um, we kind of like came up with Spirit Box because they're we have the same producer and I I just I remember a key time where both of our bands were not doing very well but we we were still going to the same producer and he was just like yeah I think I think like it's really going to pop off for this band spirit box. And I, I liked their music. And then it was, it was just really cool to see like their, their rise to success and it's continuing, but it's the same thing where I'm like, damn, I, I guess, yeah, I didn't really, I thought spirit box is, they, they are a huge band, but yeah, it's crazy. They're supporting falling in reverse. So it's like, yeah, I mean, falling in reverse plays, you know, if I take a step back, I'm like, I'm pretty sure they play like 
smaller arenas at like six or seven thousand people a night like that's that's a lot of tickets man like it well, really is they were playing small arenas and co-headlining <coughs> with uh you know one of the mainstays of the genre and papa roach and i think eventually yeah. closing the shows i think papa was actually opening for them you crazy know, which is just again you know and those guys do it and i've always done it well but um, it's, 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 it's cool. Speaking of touring. So you guys are going out with Silverstein, right? Like, um, this spring. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We, we leave in a couple of weeks here. Uh, tell me Silverstein is an interesting band too, because they, you know, and I just had those guys on mid last year and had a really cool conversation with the singer, but, um, they've been doing it for 20 years. They've been out for a long time. Uh, I imagine for you guys to be able to go hit the road, some of those shows looks like they're starting to sell out, huh? This tour looks like it'll be cool. Yeah, yeah. I think I think we we got sent an updated flyer, and I, I think about half of the tour is sold out. And then I think I think like a lot of the remaining shows are on low ticket warnings. Um, and I, I I think a lot of those will will continue to sell really well, like as as we get closer to it starting and. Of course, there's there's just those people who wait until like the day of to try and get a ticket to go to the show, yep. and then and then they get pissed off when they they can't go. But um, <laughs> hey, yeah, for some of us, it, it's because your your uh, your <laughs> child has to go spend the night at mom's house, and she didn't give you an answer until. Oh, maybe that's just me. I don't know. <laughs> I know, but man, you're you're cutter, dude. I'm sure you get to just walk in any show you want to, man. Oh. So um, I like to think yeah, that's no, it's, true, but thanks. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, no, it's a cool full circle moment. I definitely um, it's funny. Yeah, I I, I actually I just did a I, I just talked to Shane um, from Silverstein. So I I did his I've done his podcast once before, and I, yeah. I just did it again. We we kind of wanted to do it again because just cause we're going out together on tour, but um, no, it's really cool, man. Silverstein was, um, it's funny. I, I actually, I, I had a friend actually message me the other day and she was just like, like, it's just a girl. I, I don't talk to a ton anymore, but I knew her when I was like 14 or 15. Um, and I'm, I'm 33 now. So I mean, a very long time ago. And she was just like, do you remember, do you remember when, you like we used to make like mix mix cds and and silver scene was on there and and now you you get to like tour with them she's just like i'm I'm just really proud of like just watching you from the sidelines even if we don't talk a lot and it is yeah it's just crazy i i remember just being uh in high school and like they they had that record um i think it was called discovering the waterfront and it just had like smile in your sleep and just um just so many yeah, it was just such a good record um, when I was like an angsty teenager and, you know, just just sad about a lot of shit. And, um, I, it's, I, I always I think there's a polite way to like punish people that you were fans of at one point. So I'll always just tell Shane, I was like, dude, I like recorded a cover of Discovering the Waterfront when I was like 16 or 17. And um, it's definitely like a it's it's a cool moment i think yeah i think if i like if my high school self knew we, we were gonna be like a direct support for a silverstein tour you know I, i'd be ecstatic but i think like as you get older too you just start realizing that all these people that you you listen to and you, you maybe even idolized when you were younger like they're just people who got really lucky and or, or they're really talented and they got successful in doing something that they loved so I, it's i can just look at them as, as um like just people um 
who play good music, but it's, it's, it's really awesome, man. It's, it's a cool, I'm not saying any other tour we've done has not been awesome, but this, this one definitely was just so cool. Like, yeah, like I think the younger me would, would be really psyched. The current me is really psyched, but it's just, um, it's just cool to like get to go out with a band that you, you listen to like so much, uh, in like your youth. So I'm, I'm very grateful for that one. I think it's going to be fun. You mentioned, uh, angsty feel, feelings of sadness and angsty you know when you're a teenager and that's that's how we come across the music we come across and we fall in love there's no doubt uh lyric we talked about your music but what about lyrics uh you know early on you guys again you know a little bit heavier and a little bit more aggressive and now you're sort of doing what you're doing do you incorporate then different styles of of words and kind of subject matter now are you more open to different subjects than just the i'm pissed off you know yeah um i mean most times with uh with Dayseeker, uh because i I do, I do write all the lyrics so i i feel like it, it's just usually what whatever happens to be going on in my life uh, at the time <laughs> that we're working on the album and i mean yeah dark sun like half the record was about my my dad's uh passing and and just like a lot of different stages of, of mm. grief and just what, what that was like. And then, and then, the, you know, the, but then there's a good chunk of the album that still touches on like relationships, um, heartbreak, love, um, like just generalized sadness or depression. I mean, I, I it's funny. I, I think like, I think there was a time just a short few years ago where like, us writing the music that we were writing it was just kind of like god why are you guys so sad all the time and then I, it's <laughs> it's weird that now i feel like it's a brand thing where like we it's like again it's just something i didn't see where like we lean into it and now people are like yeah like they're they're really into like this like just you know like we'll 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 typo it out in like a or we'll type it out in the caption like who's gonna come cry with us at rocklahoma or you know it's just like and people are into it. It is, it is weird. I, I guess at the end of the day to be like a band that is tied with like, like most people who come to our shows are just like, they're bawling their eyes out. If they're like big fans and they, and they, they like really resonate with the performance or I, I'll usually say a short bit about like what a song is about before we play it. And um, it's, it's interesting. Yeah. Just to be a band that is associated with like just so many tears and crying, but um, in a way it feels like for, for the people who say that they cry, it does feel like they say that it's in a, it's in like a good cathartic kind of way. It's not like they're, they're actually really like depressed about it. It's, it's like they maybe needed to get something out. So, um, I'm cool with it now, but yeah, we, our brand is definitely just, to, I don't think we would make it if we just shifted into like this happy poppy band, like on our next record, you know? <laughs> No, I'm looking forward to it. I want to hear all about sunshine and rainbows and and uh you know, and you'll still have girls on social media going, Oh my god, it's so great. Um <laughs> <laughs> That's that's how you know a band has made it when the girls on social media are crying over your music. Um Yeah. Or, we, or we made it, man. <laughs> or using it as uh, <clears throat> sex therapy, as in the case of the aforementioned bad omens. Um mm. Uh, festival. You mentioned Rocklahoma, so festivals, man. You guys are on all of them. It feels like uh, Rock Fest in Wisconsin, in Incarceration, Sonic Temple, Rocklahoma, Oklahoma. Welcome to Rockville in Florida. You guys really, really are in that kind of mid-tier 
uh, festival day, midday lineup, uh, you know, playing in front of some of the legends in the world of rock? Yeah. Um, that's another thing we, we tried for a really, really long time to kind of tap into the festival world. And it's, it's funny that I, sometimes we get sent like assets and like, uh, you know, like flyers or stuff that I don't even remember. <laughs> like, confront, like, I'm like, here's a flyer for Rocklahoma. I'm like, another, I'm like, dude, I don't, but like, I'm like, Jesus. But it's, I mean, they're all great opportunities. And it is like, especially if you can get into like, you know, into the, yeah, into the festival circuit on top of being, I think, in like the active rock circuit. I mean, there, there's definitely like a, I think there's definitely like a formula here for like, just your band getting put in front of a lot of different people and, and probably definitely a big difference in success. I mean, it's, it's a trip. Cause I remember like I was, when I was talking about like our third record that was like really metal, I, I remember like our Spotify listeners, I think were like, I think we had like 80 or 90,000 a month and we were pretty psyched on that at the time. And now yeah, we're be. like, and I know, but now it's like a million. And so I'm just like, yeah, it's um, like, I think it's, it, which is so funny to me because I still run into people who are like, oh man, like, why'd you guys like, why'd you go all singing? Or like, there's barely any screaming on the new record. And like, we wouldn't have like, we could not have financially and just like, like, it's not fun to tour playing metal, um, you know, driving 10 hours a day to play for 80 people. Like, that's not, that's not, you know, I'm glad it pleases like this 2% of like music listeners who want just metal and breakdowns. And I, I, like, I get it, you know, you, you get attached to the way a band sounds and then it's, it's hard to accept when they want to do something different, but it's just, uh, it's just funny. Cause I'm just like, dude, those bands, these bands you like would probably just break up. Um, if you wanted them to keep writing the same album over and over again. So, um, yeah, but I'm I'm happy that we we finally kind of started tapping into the the festival world, and I I think um, I'm hoping like at like next year we, we get to do some of the same festivals, and then maybe our name will be like a, a little bigger on the flyer, you know, <laughs> as, as it goes on, you know. Well, hey, you're bigger than the fine print, and as long as you're bigger than the fine print, you're doing okay. That's great. That's you're great. Okay. Yeah, uh, one million uh, forty four thousand two hundred fifty six. That is the monthly listeners for. Dayseeker as of this moment on Spotify. Uh, Rory cool. Rodriguez from Dayseeker. Dude, it's a pleasure. I thank you for the conversation. Greatly appreciate it. And congratulations. It's well-deserved, and you should be proud of yourselves. Dude, thanks, man. I, I appreciate it. That's, that's really nice of you. Carter's Rockcast. Don't forget to tune in. Exactly. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers.